0: N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash W-T-F. Lock the gates! All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuckettes? How's it going? I'm Mark Maron. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome. Well, Sit down. Welcome. How are you? Everyone's welcome here. Okay, I don't know wh- wh- how you're going to take it, but, but you're certainly welcome to sit down and uh, listen for a little while to what we do here. Why don't I tell you who the guest is before I start rambling? It is the amazing Edie Patterson, one of the most inspired comic actresses that I know of. You've seen her in The Righteous Gemstones. That's the new one. That's on HBO, but she was also in, uh, in Vice Principals. She's done other stuff, but her performance in Vice Principals and now in this uh, Righteous Gemstones, all the uh, <laughs> the Danny McBride. St- it's just she's the best. She's so funny, so raw, so emotionally present and so great, so funny in a very real way. I met her at uh, years ago, a couple years ago, down in Highland Park. and I was so excited and it took us this long to get her on the show. So she's here and I'm excited about it. We're going to talk about the righteous gemstones, but other stuff, too. So that's exciting, right? I'm excited. Oh, my God. I'm starting to be able to think again relatively clearly with some follow through since the uh, the nicotine incident, since the incident of me stopping it day 11 this morning. And... uh, you know, it comes like there's still that moment where, you know, I eat something or I get done exercising or I wake up or I, uh, you know, uh, I'm about to eat something or I get in my car or I make a almost uh, there's that moment after I, after and before I do anything where I kind of want a nicotine lozenge. <laughs> there's that moment all the time, every second of every day where I kind of want a little bit of that thing that I like that's not great for me. Whew, I'll be at the Vogue Theater in Vancouver uh, tomorrow night. I believe it might be sold out. Then I'll be at the Moore Theater in Seattle on Saturday. There might be some tickets for that. More importantly, ticket wise, I'm at JFL Forty Two in Toronto on September nineteenth. Believe that's a Thursday. Could use uh, some folks there just so I don't feel embarrassed. Look, I don't give a fuck one way or the other. Some of these halls are big. I know who I am. I'm a, you know, I'm, I have who, there are those that like me, there are those that don't know me, and there are those that don't get it. And then there are those that don't like me at all. So those that like me, you know, it's not most people in the world, but there's enough of them. And I just like them all to come. That the, all those that like me that live in Toronto, I'd like you to come out on September 19th if you could. Thank you nice to talk to you the vic in chicago on september 20th i'm sure that is sold out now this is the other one the masonic temple in detroit motor city on september 21st that's a saturday i believe that one needs a little i don't know what's going on in detroit could have something to do with the entire city was decimated and it was and it's now slowly rebuilding into something amazing i don't know what it is I don't think the tickets are too expensive. I would think that I would have some fans in Detroit, but I don't know what's happened there. I don't know who's there. I don't know who my people are there. But again, there are those that like me, those that don't know me, those that don't get it, and those that fucking can't stand me. Just want the people that like me to come. And if they live in Detroit, a good night to do that or surrounding areas would be on September 21st. I'll be at the Pantages Theater in Minneapolis, one of my favorite theaters and favorite cities, on September 22nd. Always love going there. Okay. I think that's probably doing okay, but there might be tickets. I don't know. I told you what I need. Go to WTFpod.com/slash tour for ticket info and all of my tour dates for the rest of the year. I'm very happy. I got a lot of emails about Buddy Guy. Uh, Buddy Guy, it was an honor for me to meet him as well. I'm so glad that so many blues fans reached out, shared their stories about seeing Buddy, about how how wonderful it was to hear him share the old tales of the, the guys that uh, us blues people love. Uh, I'm just glad that people got off on that. There was a couple questions. It's sort of like people asking, why didn't you jam with Buddy? You know, I I don't I don't lean on that as much as I used to. It's not as easy to record people up here. But also, like, I started to realize, like, it's sort of a big ask. You know, he's uh, sometimes the last thing these guys want to do is not not only play in the middle of the day on, on a thing, but have some stranger that they don't know anything about or if he can play or not play with them. So the the ask wasn't put forward, and and that's just the way it goes. I would have liked to have played. I would have been intimidated to play, but I certainly would have tried to uh, to rise to the occasion. Didn't happen though. Nonetheless, great talk. Also, uh, I'm I'm very thrilled about the reactions to my my uh, Dale Baran conversation. Um. That was an important conversation. It was a lot of important information. Some of you thought that I talked a lot. It was because I was excited about the book. And I do talk a lot when I'm excited. And I wanted to make sure to get a good arc in there. And basically, the, the 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 impulse was to get engaged. And if you enjoyed some of that information and the nice narrative of it and the history of it, buy Dale's book. It came from something awful to get the full story. And that's, that's really what the plan was outside of talking to the man that, that did the research, did the journalism, but it's also, you know, we we went so deep and, you know, it is illuminated in that book, the entire history of the army of unfuckable hate nerds, but also just the place that fantasy plays, you know, in the minds of younger people, uh, some ill-equipped to deal. Oh, that was a, another email I wanted to read. Hold on. And i think this is important and i had i don't know that i thought about it or framed it like this but i i I do think this is pertinent as as well and and i think it is worth reading Uh, subject line dale baran podcast hi i'm listening to your podcast fascinating and terrifying i have a son who fits the profile to a t of an otaku hickok mori something you both didn't really address is that there is not always a lot of anger with this group In my son's case, he is painfully shy and lacks social skills. He's not angry. He is paralyzed with fear and anxiety. It's easier for him to live in a fantasy world. He is also on the spectrum. Many of these kids are likely on the autism Asperger's spectrum. I think an important message that is not addressed here is mental illness. There needs to be some sensitivity around this and not just focus on the hate and nihilism and anger. There is much more going on here. But thank you. I do look forward to reading the book. Thank you, Tanya. So that, I, I think that's I think that's right. I, I I think that that was not something that was not where my brain was sinking. Obviously, where we were characterizing this generation of people in a certain way, uh, you know, in terms of uh, social being socially. Uh, ostracized or 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 nihilistically compelled by their own uh, you know community orientation towards uh, um, the futility of the modern world if that sentence made any sense but I do think obviously Tanya is correct in that there is clearly in a lot of cases mental illness and there are some you know benefits in terms of of, of how fantasy works. So like my, my nephew is, is a, a good example. He's, he's a pretty nerdy kid. He has some issues and he spends time, a lot of time, you know, in the gaming world and also in uh, some fantasy, um, you know, platforms or boards where he engages with people. And it, and it seems to be a, a fairly fun, safe, sociable way. It's got him out in the world a bit meeting with people who enjoy uh, making up, um, you know, animals, and uh, dressing up his things in you know in a seemingly innocent and communal way, and uh, it's it's helped him a great deal in terms of meeting people. So yeah, I guess the framing of how, how we were talking about it was pretty awful and uh, and 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 frightening. And but I, I do think that this is right. Subject line clarity at last. Dear Mark, I've never had clarity about my seven year friendship that recently evolved into a failed three month relationship until I heard your podcast today with Dale Baran. Jay is the textbook example of the hate nerd army's transition over time. In his case, a mutation from a gregarious libertarian leaning nerdy college student to right wing spouting white guy mad at the establishment for keeping him down fucking miserable at his job the pseudo-intellectual alpha male nonsense the need to self-medicate with pot daily just to deal with reality the inability to leave the fantasy world behind for even one day all of that really hit home for me it explains so much about his stunted emotional maturity his inability to empathize and his ultimate refusal to come to terms with his feelings for any of the women in his life. He is the product of parents who had no idea what their kid was doing, spending so much time in their room on the Internet. I can't imagine I'm alone in this revelation. And to be honest, I'm kind of grateful for the company. Thanks again, V. That Thank you for sharing this. I think this is an important side of it, that of course there's more people out there like you. Of course. You know, talking about the nerd thing, about my own nerd i've had to question my own nerdism uh, recently because i've been you know after being a little bit hard on the nerd community i'm going to use that word because they use it and i'll say this and not in a bad way in the nerd communities the several different the the nerd tribes there are several nerd tribes of all different kinds they may all fall under the broader umbrella of nerd but you know they're are more powerful you know nerd tribes and then others and some of them are very specific. But I mean, the question is the the nerd fan, you know, am I one of them? And the last show, I, I argued that I'm not because of my lack of follow through, which I still believe is true because a couple of people pointed out my record obsession, and then some people pointed out how I talk about guitars. Now, I understand that, but you got you people who are saying that are clearly not real record nerds because a real record nerd would know that I'm kind of a fucking amateur record nerd and a real guitar nerd would definitely know that I'm way not a guitar nerd. I know a few things about a few instruments. I don't know nothing about pedals. I don't know nothing about amps. I know the things that I have and like same with records. I buy things that I like and want to learn about. Uh, but it's really sort of a learning process. It's not a collector uh, obsession. It's not a completist obsession. I am sort of a completist with things. Like if I like a band, I have been known in the past to buy all of their recorded stuff. But the reason I think I'm not fundamentally uh, n- on the nerd spectrum is because it all kind of wears off, man. It wears out for me. You know, I was pretty nerdy about cast iron pants for a while. It passed. The boots thing, I was pretty nerdy about boots. no more. I have had I was pretty kind of weirdly obsessive about you know, pants, uh, jeans, that's gone. Uh, you know, and the the record thing is starting to it's starting to, to to sort of slow down and make me reflect and want to get rid of some of them. It just it never sticks. It's not a lifelong commitment. and I think to really be truly. a a nerd and i'm saying this in a good way not a bad way i'm using the the word in a proactive way it has to be a lifelong engagement that does not relent until you're too old and tired to do it it's a commitment it's a grounding element whatever your particular obsessive interest is i just don't think i'm quite that don't have the focus and i'm too much of a searcher in some ways you know, if it doesn't work after a couple of years, I'm moving on. If it's not still filling the the widening gyre inside of me, the Falcon has lost touch with the Falconer. Oh, I just watched this uh, Danny, um, Danny Houston movie called The Last Photograph. I'm going to talk to him next week about that. Danny Houston, the actor and director, son of John Houston. Also next week, I'm going to talk to uh, Bruce Dern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did do that. I I did talk to Bruce Stern. Yes, I did. So, listen, Edie Patterson is here. I love her. I also, for some reason, was not, um, I was talking about uh, Danny McBride, but I was saying somebody else's name. Yeah, that happened a couple of times. And it took a couple of times for her to correct me out of politeness. So this is me talking to Edie Patterson about uh, The Righteous Gemstones, which he is a star of on HBO. New episode, Sunday nights. Uh, I love her. And I got to talk to her. And here it is. <laughs> how's that feel can that you feels see good.
1: me i think maybe stay on because i have a, a giant head i have
0: a giant head has that been a liability for you have you been uh you just know it
1: i just know it and then i've been to like goran brothers or whatever oh the I, hat place the hat place yeah and i figure out like Oh wow! I'm an extra large at Gordon Brothers. Extra
0: large (laughs) men's head.
1: I mean, just just a head.
0: Seven three eighths kind of deal. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Wow, that is a big head. Yeah. I have that head.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot. There's a weird amount of hair on my head, but it's. I just have a giant head.
0: But the thing is, when I lose weight, I can see my big head. Like when I'm (laughs) like I can when I see pictures of myself and shit or on TV, I'm like that's not. I look like a, 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 what is it a bobblehead. Right, but I get hung up on it. But no one seems to notice. I get hung up a lot. Don't you ever do that? I mean, I'm watching myself on Glow, and I'm like, oh, I got a little skinny, and I don't know, if, like that expression's not right. Do you watch yourself act?
1: Yeah, I do. Um,
0: How's that go for you?
1: It's weird. I would say, like the first time at least. Yeah, I've got like full like yeah. um, horror movie fingers over my eyes, and like because <laughs> I it's the same stuff, and like it takes me watching it once. Yeah, to, to then watch it again and go. Right okay, let me watch actually what I was doing. Right, the first time it. I watch it like an asshole going like, Ugh. oh, my dark circles. Yeah. I look weird. Yeah, yeah. And it's exactly. It's so shallow and lame. And
0: yeah, but that's the surface.
1: Yeah, I hate it.
0: And then you watch it again, you're like, no, I'm all right.
1: Yeah, and then I dig it. Yeah, and then
0: the third time, it's like, no, I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm a <laughs> genius. Holy shit. I had no idea. It took me three viewings. Yeah, I've got to watch myself two or three times. Mm-hmm. So where I ran into you... In Highland Park at Cafe de Leche, I was very excited yeah, to see dude. you. It was like a couple years ago.
1: That made my year, man. <laughs> Come the, on, honestly, I was like, "Holy shit, Mark <laughs> Marin knows who I am."
0: I was excited. I was like, "I <laughs> yeah, know you." That was
1: really nice. You're
0: hilarious. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Now that was really only took nice. A, only took a couple years to get you over here somehow. <sighs> yeah. How long have you been over there?
1: At like at the end of 2013, we got
0: a oh, place. So you, yeah, pretty new to pretty the, new to the, yeah. But you not were there that long new. Time. Well, I mean, I was there in 2000 and. Uh, four, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I started. Yeah. And then, uh, like, and I, I always liked it. Okay, but mm-hmm. I just got to the point where I wasn't really fixing my house. It, you know, it wasn't getting any younger. My house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was haunted oh. with a lot of emotional. No, I haunted it. Oh. Within, <laughs> it's not a previous. <laughs> it's not a. Not a previous owner haunting. It was just me and my <laughs> life. There were different uh, different periods of my life haunting the place, so it
1: just felt weird. Well, and just heavy. It,
0: I don't. All I know is I do not uh, miss it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the original garage was what it was, but like you know, after people came and they're like, "This is cool," and then they leave, I'm like, "It's falling apart." I don't. Yeah. I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. You came from Texas.
1: Came from Texas
0: in 2013.
1: Um, 14, I can't. 14. Well, I got. Here, I came here like um, early 2000s.
0: So. Let's walk through it then. Yeah, let's walk through let's it. Let's do the thing cuz I yeah. think uh, you're very funny. I don't you're one of those people and I don't get this. Why I don't know what it means. It's not a bad thing, but like I, uh, it, yeah. but I, I just connected with you immediately. I like got it. There was a, a rawness to it, and I'm like that. That person, I understand. I don't know. Like you put it all out there, and like you know, it's you know, it's not a crush, but you know what I mean.
1: Well, dude, I'll take it because honestly, that's why it made my year when you talked to me because I was like, oh, dude, I get where he's coming from. And there's a, like a rawness in what you do that I was like, oh my god, he sees me. <laughs>
0: I think that was it. I, and I, you know, there's not many people I, you know, that happens with. But I'm always excited when it happens. I don't quite yeah. know what to do with it. I always, <laughs> I, I mean, I just, I champion those people. You know, like Bamford's another one. And oh there's a, man, yeah. I think I got a thing for people that can't help themselves, but be that exude that. You know, there's like, yeah. there's nothing you're going to do to stifle it.
1: No, I, you know what? I, there's this, uh, somebody gave me a coaster. Yeah. With this, um, a helpful coaster. A helpful coaster uh-huh. with this Janice Joplin quote on it. And she's sort of, she's another one. On it.
0: She's another one.
1: But yeah, the quote on it says, um, if, if something like, I'm going to bastardize yeah. a little bit, but it basically says, like, if I hold back, I'm no good. And I was wow. like, oh, fuck. That's, that's the stuff right there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, but it's weird but, because, I mean, that is the stuff. And she is one of those people. I have felt that same thing where you're sort of, you watch her and you're like, wow, this is amazing, but I'm a little uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, I mean, that's my favorite stuff to watch too, is like stuff that's kind of cringy that you feel like yeah. kind of scared for the person. Yeah, like, yeah, But you know, they're still in control of it. That's kinda. my favorite yeah, stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know how in control she was, but yeah. yeah but, but she
1: was channeling for sure.
0: Yeah. And they, those people like her, like. You know, whatever we see, the, the they got a lot of road miles in, those those people in the 60s that died young, like Hendrix. I mean, he was out yeah. there a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they toured the fuck out of this mm-hmm. country and the world. But anyway, um, so where, where'd where you grow up in Texas?
1: I grew up in Texas City. What is that? Is where is it? Down by Galveston.
0: It's Gal. Oh, yep. down by the water?
1: Yep. Wow. Yeah, like 40 minutes from Houston, uh, but down by the water. But it's, that the, by- it's the brown water.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, not good yeah. water. No. Wait. That whole area down there, I've only driven through there once yeah. and it wasn't great to me. It's, it we-
1: it's weird. Yeah. Where I'm from is, I mean, I, I'm i happy I grew up there, maybe yeah. who I am, but it's full of refineries. Right. And uh,
0: Yeah, just a lot, of machinery, lot of machinery off the highway.
1: Yeah, it's one of those places that as you're driving in at night, it straight up looks like Star Wars. Right. Yeah.
0: It's just lit, giant machines, yep. tanks, yeah. pipes, yeah, things. <laughs> and I, my, I always look and go like, are there people there right now? And when yeah. you drive at night, is there someone working Yeah, at is there stuff? somebody like watching the-
1: that flame <laughs> <laughs> that's burning chemicals into all of yeah. us?
0: <laughs> is someone on top of the flame situation and they just let that go? <laughs> Do you have brothers and sisters?
1: We got one sister, yeah. She Older? She's in Denver, younger yeah yeah she lives in Denver with her dude and they they're super into mountain climbing and
0: healthy people they're
1: Colorado uh, they're yeah they're just kind of badasses yeah,
0: yeah. the uh, the there's a fitness kind of there's a, a kind of um a very uh, focused seemingly enlightened bunch of fitness driven white people in, <laughs> in Colorado that you're sort of like is this a Christian thing or is this just a fitness thing
1: Theirs is, I would say theirs is neither, but I know that thing you're talking about.
0: (laughs) I can't tell if I should be scared here or that these people are good people that are just in shape.
1: And are they going to change me? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then there's a whole other contingent of just shit faced weed smokers. Hmm. <laughs> I've worked in Denver, man. Denver is like because of the altitude. It's just a shit show at night. You're just there's just people falling in the streets.
1: Yeah, dude. I've I've been a visitor um twice, yeah. and I don't feel good when I'm there. <laughs> I don't. Fe- I feel like the altitude like messes me up mentally. Oh yeah, if, yeah. yeah.
0: Your brain gets fucked. you yeah. your, your your brain farts, and you can't think of words, and you know you have moments where you're like, I can't talk right.
1: Totally. It's or I would worst. have these weird moments of like am I sad? Why do I feel sad?
0: <laughs> well, that's every day.
1: For yeah. Me. Well, fair enough.
0: <laughs> what is this feeling I have? Is it a good one? I don't think it is a good one. Maybe it is a good one. I'm just not used to it.
1: Mine, mine are usually later. If it's, if it's the sads, it's usually like later I go, Oh fuck I was pretty depressed that month But when I'm in it I'm just like going Well yeah
0: (laughs) Because I'm one of those people Where it's sort of I I think I've gotten so used to I don't think I'm depressed I think I'm anxious But I don't know Like when they told me I got this vaccine yesterday And she's like "Um, It's going to hurt You might need to take some aspirin I'm like How much could it hurt You, you know what I mean? I mean, because I'm not going to take aspirin for this, but I, I yeah. think my pain threshold's different. Got like it. uh, Whether it's depression or what. Like, I'm, yeah. I can live with it. Totally. Yeah, because I just, I, I I rationalize it sort of like, I, I think this is the appropriate feeling. Yes. <laughs> I'm not suicidal, but things aren't great. And, and
1: uh, this will end at some point. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. There, are you a depressive person?
1: Mm, I would say, I w- weirdly. Yeah. When I was in the fifth grade, I don't know what this was. Yeah. I went through an adult depression that I didn't tell anyone about. In the fifth grade? In the fifth grade. How old are we in fifth grade? 11? (sighs) What, 11, 12? Uh Something like that. Yeah. And I- I used to, I still read, but I used to read all the time. Yeah. And I think maybe I was reading things that were too adult.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? I um, don't remember exactly? What
1: yeah, <laughs> just like, I remember reading a separate piece and reading Lord of the Flies and mm. something about- Well,
0: that right there, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> I don't even know why they assign that to kids.
1: Seriously, yeah. it sent me into like an existential, like yeah. what is anything. I used to watch kids playing and go, how, how do they do that? Oh, yeah. I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: they seem to yeah. be forcing it. That yeah, or
1: I was like, how do they feel like they're here? Like, what is... <laughs> I mean, super existential, weird. And thank God I've never had that again. Well, what,
0: what did you tell your parents? I mean, did it no, just No, I told pass? them way
1: later. Years and years later. You just
0: wrote it out?
1: Yeah, I just wrote it, it out. I felt afraid to tell them. Yeah, and Because I what, didn't understand. And sixth
0: grade came and you're like, I'm okay.
1: Yeah, I had this, I had this weird methodology. I mean, this is going to sound so insane. But I used to like do mantras in my head of things that I knew were real. Mm-hmm. Like my bike, I had a Kuahara dirt, right. like a BMX bike yeah. and I used to say like Kuahara in my head because I knew that was a real thing. I and mean, this is so
0: fucked up. <laughs> no, it's not. It makes perfect <laughs> But I would sense. go like,
1: yeah, okay, that's in the world. I know what that is.
0: Right, because you got lost in your head.
1: Yeah, and I would... Like having the radio on, radio on was helpful because I would yeah. feel like, okay, people are alive in the world. I, I this mi- is happening. I
0: miss that time because I don't, I don't have the confidence that that exists anymore. Like it used to be, like, like when there were three channels,
1: mm-hmm. and you
0: just like late at night, you have to put the <laughs> yeah, you put the TV on. You're like, well, someone's got to be in the control room, so it's me and him oh, right now. Yeah, yeah, like, or, or live radio. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, that guy's all right. If I need totally. to call somebody, I can call the radio guy.
1: Yeah, like they're okay. <laughs> they're up and they're they're living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but now I don't know. I don't know if anyone's operating anything. <laughs> so it makes me a little untethered. So you're growing up in Texas City. Yeah. Is your dad in the oil business?
1: No, my dad's a plumber.
0: Did he work on oil pipes?
1: Uh, ev- Like every now and then <laughs> yeah. they'd have a a contract at one of the refineries. Yeah. Um, They still do. My dad's retired, but... Uh, Yeah, my uncle and my cousin still work at Patterson Plumbing, and they'll sometimes have- Patterson Plumbing. That's right. In Texas City. Yeah, yeah, man. (laughs) Shout out. (laughs) Best dudes in town.
0: (laughs) Plumbers are essential.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I feel like I weirdly inherited some, I mean, he never taught me to be a plumber, mm -hmm. but there's sometimes stuff will happen in the house that I'm like- just let me look at it for a while, and I feel like I can figure it out because my dad's a plumber. <laughs> do you? Yeah, sometimes.
0: <laughs> I, plumb, plumbing's dicey. It, it seems like it should be easy, but it's not. It's not. It's, it's sort of like, well, there's where the water comes from. It just goes into all these pipes in the house. Yeah, and it's then, very complicated. Yeah, there's noises that happen. Yeah, they there's have to go air. for like
1: complicated certifications all the time. Yeah, and, like... but it's essential. Yeah. And what'd your mom do? Teacher. Um, Taught first and fourth grade her whole career.
0: Really? Yeah. And you had your existential meltdown in fifth grade. And, I did. And you couldn't go to your mom, the teacher.
1: <laughs> no, I just, well, I just didn't. I could have. She's yeah. very sweet.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, well, that sounds like you. I just didn't. I. It was weird. I used to also have this thing of, I don't know why I would get afraid to say certain things. Like if I, if, I, if something happened when I was in school, like if yeah. I got sick or something and needed to call my mom to come mm-hmm. get me or to tell her I was going home or something. Yeah. I'd get that weird, like, cry in my voice to talk to my mom on the phone from school. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I was just a fucking weird, sensitive kid.
0: <laughs> That's it. That's why we know each other. But, but like, did the other kids think we, you were weird? Um, Or were, were you able to sort no, of move through the different was, things?
1: Yeah, I was able to move through it. There was a point where um, there was a little chunk of, like, this maybe... Somewhere 6th, yeah, eighth, ninth, where I felt for sure very different, right, than everyone else, yeah. and um, had sort of pulled away from the friend group I was in. Were you and, doing
0: like was there a music? Uh, was there a context to it? Did you uh, m- model yourself? A certain I just way? I
1: just felt um, I don't know, I just felt different, and I felt like I didn't want to be uh, mean to anyone, and I would see see people like. Be mean to any yeah. mean to people, or blow yeah. people off. Or yeah. I just didn't want to be that. Yeah. So sometimes that equals like you have one friend for yeah. three years. Yeah, right. Shout right. out Michelle McClellan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's she up to?
1: <laughs> She's doing great. Oh,
0: good. Yeah. You still keep in touch with people from fifth grade?
1: No, no.
0: No. I have I a don't couple think friends. So. That oh, I grew one.
1: Up with. Yeah, one dude. Yeah. Scott Elfstrom. Yeah, yeah. he's
0: still in in the life. Yeah, I have he's a couple people that I've known since second grade. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but I don't talk to him a lot, but I know him. Yeah. I grew up in Albuquerque. Yeah. Yeah, second grade, David Kleinfeld. He's wow. Still, he's still in the in the rotation. Heard from, I haven't heard from him recently.
1: Yeah, this dude I don't talk to a bunch every yeah. now and then. Yeah, oddly gets mad
0: at me when I don't talk to him. Oh. Like I've known him my whole life, we never talked that much oh. for, over the last 20 years, but if I do fall out of touch with to him, he's like, what the fuck, mm. and I'm like, what do you mean? We,
1: yeah, <laughs> come on man, I'm busy. <laughs>
0: so, are you doing any performing? Yeah. When did the awkwardness turn into, look, I'm <laughs> yeah. entertaining.
1: Yeah, that so yeah, that was a weird morphing of a couple of things. Like 7th grade, I think there was this thing called um class day. And uh it was just a big variety show. And me and three other girls wrote um uh, like a dating game parody because there was a channel, I think channel 39 showed or channel 20
0: showed the old dating game reruns. The, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: We didn't have cable, but we had like the main channels and then three upper channels. Yeah,
0: yeah. The yeah, the yeah, there was only a few of them.
1: Yeah, so um they we did this dating game parody and we all wrote our own parts. And yeah. we three of us played the guys and there was one of us playing the girl who's uh-huh. picking from the guys. And there was a jock, a nerd, I was the nerd, and there was a like a businessman or something. <laughs>
0: So these are like the, the that kind 7th of grade perception of the uh, archetypes. The, totally. Yeah, yeah. P-
1: pocket protector right, right. glasses sure, like yeah, yeah. lame. Yeah. But uh I noticed at that that everything I said was like really landing. Yeah. Like that thing where it's happening for the first time and you're like the laughs Almost your arms are going dead cuz oh, you're yeah. like what the fuck is yeah. this? Yeah.
0: Oh my god. The power.
1: <laughs> the power. <Yeah. laughs> So that's when I really thought that's the first time I ever thought like, oh, maybe this could be my job.
0: Yeah, really? Yeah. Making people laugh.
1: Yeah, cuz before that I didn't know I knew I liked that. I had always liked making my parents laugh yeah, yeah, and yeah. like but I was kind of a shy little kid. Yeah. And then when we did that, I thought like, oh, right, this is my thing. Huh. And I'll make I'll make this into what I do. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then did plays all through high school and stuff. Yeah? And then, then,
0: did the same thing happen? Were you mostly comic or comedic
1: uh, or That was or? everything. Yeah, it's, yeah Musicals? So, yeah, that too.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know why I get hung up. I ask everybody about musicals. <laughs> yeah, like, that's me, funny. And I do. Because <laughs> yeah. like, I, to me, it was the scariest thing in the world. It still is oh, kind really? of scary, the singing I thing. I thought
1: you could sing. I
0: can sing, yeah. but I, I I can't sing proudly. Mm. <laughs> You, you know what I mean? I can't remove myself. Like I'm not going to be like, "Hello," you uh-huh. know, and like do a dance. Right. Like when I sing, I'm usually playing guitar. I, I got my eyes half closed. Yep. Just so I can do it. Yeah. Because it's not. I don't have a lot of control over it. But I always. Yeah. I think I always envied people who could be like. Uh, Fabulous.
1: It is yeah, that is a weird next level thing. Yeah. Is that like
0: the be the showman singer where you the you're showman just,
1: singer. Like you're yeah. like
0: the musical people. Totally. Where where you're just sort of like unabashedly, you know, doing those numbers.
1: Yeah. And so committed that you're yeah, like, I, This is real life. Yeah, I and don't know like, how
0: they do that. Whoa. I'm so terrified of it. <laughs> I I think I gotta get over it, but I don't know if it's gonna happen. I mean, right now I'm working on just playing with a small combo. I think that's the next step Oh for that's me. awesome. I'm, I don't think doing musicals is gonna happen immediately.
1: What if you like cover your face in some way like Sia does? <laughs> Wonder Do if a that would help. No, just for your band.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think I can handle the band thing. I, yeah. I'm just like I'm working towards it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm working on finger picking now, and I got a blood blister on my thumb. I'm pretty oh, proud. Oh man, look at that. That's I awesome. Did some practicing. That's
1: real deal. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm working it. So yeah. now
1: do you have delay off so it doesn't pop on your strings? No,
0: I'm going to keep doing it until it becomes a hard thing. Yeah, a man. built-in pick. All right, so you're doing the uh, you're doing all the plays. Are doing you popular now? Are you hanging out with the drama nerdy people? I'm kind
1: of hanging out with everybody, and they're but you're not a I'm
0: fucked c- up kid. You're not, you know, like mm-hmm. really? real
1: a real good kid. Oh yeah, real good grades. Uh huh. No drugs, huh. no drinking. Oh, uh, good Very for you.
0: good. You avoided it.
1: Yeah, I avoided it. I wanted to be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I guess my parents instilled something in me where I Sounds wanted to Sounds like you be have good. pretty nice parents. Yeah, I do have nice parents. Yeah. Um, but th- I I would say, like, I was doing okay. I, My friends in uh, drama were, my main friends in drama were, like, uh, weirdly, you wouldn't think of this as being, like, the dudes in drama, but my main friends were, like, these metal dudes. No,
0: that makes sense. That did
1: plays and, like, were obsessed with Monty Python and all had long hair. And were yeah,
0: like... the the metal nerds. Yeah. Python guys. Yeah, I loved those play guys. They played D&D, too, maybe? Yep. Oh, oh yeah. for sure they
1: did. Yeah, so that's And a they specific, used to ask me, and I never went.
0: <laughs> that's a certain type of metal dude. That's yep. not the sort of, like, you know, we're going to do crank metal dude. Right. That's the, the sort of heightened, smart metal
1: dudes. Totally. Yeah, oh, I hung out with those, those are... smart metal dudes. <laughs> and then, uh, like the summer before my eleventh grade year, I went to visit um, my friend i my friend. My friend and my cousin Jamie. Yeah. In Corsicana, Texas. And she's like I don't know, she just always like from the time she was little, it was really cool. Like every word kind of blends together. Yeah. She's like got full confidence. <laughs> like kind of like uh what just I do found the, out the
0: rest like, of the interview in that voice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> as Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> but like even as a little kid before she even knew she was gay. She had like almost like lesbian swagger. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just like she was always fascinating to me because I was like, how how are you that confident? Yeah. Like, what is this? <laughs> so I was at her house. We were hanging out and we were making like. Um,
0: is it in high school?
1: Uh yeah, like the summer after tenth grade. Yeah, and we were making um tapes. Yeah. Of uh, like fake talk shows, right? Where we would have a fake call-in show where people would call in with their problems yeah. and we would do all the voices. <laughs> And then I noticed like in between, she would just call people on the phone and just be like, what's up? What are y'all doing tonight? And I was like, whoa. (laughs) And just like something would happen. She'd go to some party or like she had all these friends. I was like, oh, fuck, that's awesome. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be that. I'm going to act like her, my version of her and just see what happens. And I came back and I did it and it worked. And then, like, 11th grade and 12th grade, I was class favorite, and, like, I was just pretending to be my cousin. <laughs> but mainly, I was just, like, faking it until it felt right. Yeah, I was... You
0: took, you, you got a tool, a Yeah, I got a tool of, tool. like, I was
1: like, oh, that's how you do it? You just call You just call people? You just call people? <laughs> like, you just talk to them? <laughs> oh, wow, you just talk to, you want to talk to, and you just laugh with them? It's so
0: funny how <laughs> fucking uncomfortable we are <laughs> in high school, and... And sometimes, like, the only difference between, you know, like the cool people and the not cool people is just that. It's just this weird fake confidence to be like, come on, let's go do the thing.
1: It's all it is.
0: My problem is I was sort of desperate. I'm like, you guys, are we going out? (laughs) What are you guys doing?
1: (laughs) Were you the guy who would plan it all?
0: No, but like, I lived further away because I was lying about my address. And I had these guys that I really wanted to be friends with. This Mm -hmm. is the story of my life. And like, I've been thinking about it lately about certain behavior patterns. Yeah. Because I guess I was sort of uncomfortable, and I would see people that, like, they seemed to have it together, or, like, they seemed fun or whatever, and then I would just pester them until, you know, I could hang out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and was you know, it people you had a connection with, or you just thought... I, I eventually did.
0: I just, I feel like, uh ultimately, I was just sort of missing a chunk mm-hmm. of some sort of uh personality thing, and I just wanted to be part of whatever that was. Got it. You know? Yeah. And then it it was always sort of a, a an annoying thing, but I didn't really know how to make friends otherwise. Yeah, because I'm very intense, very thinky. Mm-hmm. You know, I I guess I was high maintenance, but like it was some one of those things where I live far away and I make plans. Sometimes they wouldn't show up. That was oh. the saddest thing. Waiting at the end of the driveway, all, oh, dr- all dressed up oh, in, my, in my in my shoes, in my shoes and my Calvin's oh, or whatever. Man,
1: there's nothing like that to just like, ooh, I had that happen once years and years ago. Yeah, in L. A. with a friend that I really love still. And like she just forgot we had plans. And, and it, you're all ready it to go. immediately shoots you back to like whatever age you were when oh, you yeah. last felt like yeah. embarrassed or alone. Yeah, like, and you're what like, What am I doing? What the actual fuck is yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. And you fester yeah.
0: about in your head and then it turns out they just forgot. You you build a whole story totally. around. You build
1: it. a whole story around like Oh well cool. I guess yeah. I'm not yeah. I guess I'm not cool enough to hang out with it. Right, like, right. And then they're just sort of these. like oh I
0: just forgot and you're like, Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> fucking idiot. Just <laughs> went back to high school. <gasps> all right, so now you're cool? Eleventh, twelfth grade, king of the, or queen of the school. Well
1: the the cool thing was is that I still was friends with everybody. Like I still had my net, metal nerd friends and I still had like uh you know all the drama friends and like so you figured football out, friends as and a funny person, friends.
0: sensitive person. It's sort of what I evolved into. It's sort of like you can get along
1: with everybody. Totally.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're, you know, you're not committed to an outfit no. or to a, a music ideology.
1: Yeah, she's kind of like what's,
0: you're a funny person.
1: Yeah, I was like the add on. Like if the um, if the drill team went out yeah. and we're gonna rap houses, yeah. I was like the one that went, yeah. even though I wasn't on the drill team. Yeah, because you know what you're what I mean? fun. Yeah, because like what's we would wrap laugh? houses. Toilet paper houses.
0: Oh, uh, you yeah. say that like The you're... one
1: time I, the one time that, um...
0: How many yeah. times did you do that? Uh,
1: probably, probably two or three, but, like, the one, the one f- most fun time was the worst, because, like, they called the cops, and then, like, my dad was so mad. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was awful. What
0: you, well, you could have been worse.
1: Oh, it could have been so worse. I mean, that's probably why I wanted to be good, is because I did not want, like, if anyone you got to that be mad, mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> if you got that mad at me putting toilet, toilet paper, paper, paper on a house. Yeah.
0: So what? Uh, so when do you decide? Like I'm gonna dedicate. I'm gonna commit my life to. Uh, <laughs> was it acting? Is that what you were thinking?
1: Yeah, for a minute I thought I'm gonna be um, an actress and I'm also gonna be uh, an artist. Which Meaning kind? a. Uh, you know what do you do? D- I thought I would also like draw and paint.
0: Oh, did you draw and paint?
1: I d- well, I started college going like I'm gonna double major yeah. in art and get a BFA in acting and yeah. then you go to your first like art class and they go like okay and now the I don't even know what it's called after the lab or whatever. Right. But every art class has like a five hour thing attached right, to it. Right. Where you actually go and, and do paint. art. Yeah. And I was like whew anybody got time for that? So then I became a single major. (laughs) Like within the first two weeks. You
0: dropped it right away. Right away. you just sitting there with an easel.
1: Yeah. And And a bunch of other sort of introverted
0: people that know what they're doing already. Yeah, seriously. And you're you're kind of looking around going like,
1: hey, you know. Yeah, I like to draw too. (laughs) Yeah, no, I didn't like it that much. (laughs) That's a worst
0: feeling where you're like, you know, I'm just going to try this. And your parents encourage that shit. Uh, You should try it. And you get there and these people have been doing it their whole life.
1: <laughs> you just feel like an
0: asshole right away. you like, no way, no way, this is happening.
1: Yeah, it just showed me what I liked better for sure. Yeah.
0: So where'd you where'd you go?
1: I went to a place called Texas State. Where is I, that? It's in San Marcos, like half an hour from Austin. And uh, yeah, I just kind of went where I got the most Austin. scholarships and stuff because mm-hmm. we we couldn't afford to like go anywhere fancy.
0: So it's a small school.
1: It's a big state school. Okay. Yeah
0: is that but that's not University of Texas is in Austin yeah right
1: I like it there do you
0: yeah you know I do you mm-hmm. know I call it the hipster Alamo there's a few yeah. of these Alamo situations where you get this <laughs> you're just surrounded by whatever the rest of it is yeah no but I I, I do like it it's gotten a little bit much as time goes on uh, yeah I've it's become a sort too. of a, a capital of what I mean it's it's still cool yeah, I mean, I, I like uh, I like Texas. I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up you know in New- next door to Texas, and I've grown yeah. to like it. I mean, there's there's decent people all over. Yeah, and there's even some decent people that are actually shitty people.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure.
0: There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of decent shitty people around, and you know it's hard to reconcile. But you know, Texas d- does. Yeah,
1: God, that's a that is a weird thing. There are a lot of decent shitty people.
0: Yeah, they're just you're just they're good people, but they're mind fucked in one way. And you're right. like, that's you're not I don't know what to do with that. Then yeah. you'd have to make decisions.
1: <laughs> totally. And I guess all you can do is just keep digging and going like, Oh, let me just dig again and find that decent part of you.
0: <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm. The politeness thing and then but yeah, but some people are good people. They're just a little like, but who am I to judge? I can judge. I can judge. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean there are some people It's sort of like that's some wrong minded <laughs> shit. You seem like a very nice person.
1: Yeah, but that that's that the wrong part. Yeah.
0: Shit. So you just study the acting. Are you do? Do you do
1: stand up? I've always done the improv and sketch, but i have never done stand up.
0: And did you start doing that that stuff in college? Mm-hmm. I started doing. Well, I mean, improv. outside of the 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 uh, cassette tape work you did with the lesbian <laughs> 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 and the dating game. <laughs> Those were early sketch. Great endeavors. distillation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the cassette tape work with the lesbian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: which we'd all love to hear do you have it digitized because i think it'd
1: be- i don't know maybe i'll ask jamie she really might she really might you still friends with jamie yeah yeah oh, that's good we're homies for sure oh, that's good yeah
0: so so what's the what's the sort of curriculum over there at uh, the tech at the university what do you get to do what, um, what's the training
1: it's all you know all the regular acting stuff but you also have to do like i don't know lighting and
0: oh right so it's more I don't know. Theater, I always thought that was so or was or, or it geared towards theater?
1: Yeah, it was definitely geared towards theater. We had one, in my opinion, the best teacher that we had there was this dude, um, Larry Hovis, mm-hmm. who played Carter on Hogan's Heroes. I
0: remember that guy. Yeah. The blonde guy. Yeah. 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 What was his... Wasn't he the fix-it guy? in Hogan Tiro's, didn't he have a specific role? They all sort of represented something. What was yeah, I he? feel
1: like he was like a mechanic yeah, or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He could you know, come up with the device, the totally. gadget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, he was the guy?
1: He was He was the one that I think was the best one, for sure. But like, Larry Hovis. By laps.
0: But isn't that interesting, though? Like, there are those people, you know, these, these Hollywood people mm-hmm. that had lives... And then this is how I frame it now. And then had the courage to leave. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, stay in it somehow. My buddy Craig Mm -hmm. Anton, who was a great comic Mm -hmm. actor, like he went, he just realized like, you know, this isn't going to be a life, Uh you know, and and he's got to think about the future. Went to grad school, got his like doctorate, I think, in in acting and teaching. And now he's uh, teaching at a college in Georgia. It's yeah, like, it's I, I have such respect for that. It's awesome. Because, you know, you're helping people. You get the joy of of, of turning young people on in, in this world that's important mm-hmm. and seeing them create. And you're not just this self-involved freak. Totally. Who's like, you know, hope, waiting for someone else to make you something.
1: Right. And you're not gripping anymore. Like, he just felt chill. And I don't know why he came to Texas. I, I have no idea Probably why. from but there, he, no? Maybe.
0: Seemed, who knows But yeah, he, I like know. he was, uh, Did you know him From Hogan's Heroes did, did I didn't he,
1: know till he told us Like, Yeah um, Maybe
0: you know me I mean how does that work yeah,
1: yeah I mean I think it was more Just like a whisper network uh-huh. Of like Did you know Larry Was on this Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was an old guy By the time he got to us Yeah but, um,
0: Good teacher though
1: I mean so good The only The only like one Who sort of Actually you know what There was another yeah. dude Who I never had uh, This actor G.W. Bailey He was yeah. also awesome but I never had him for more than like a day, yeah. you know, but they were the dudes who like actually did it and knew what it was like. Mm-hmm. And his class was a TV film acting class. Hovis, and, uh, yeah,
0: oh, so you had one of those because a lot of these a lot of the the loftier institutions don't do any film
1: totally, and not I mean, that's all any of us wanted, really, yeah you know not everybody, but right, but he he would sort of famously say things to you that you were like wait, what? That would sort of piss you off. And then years later you go, oh my God. Like what? Like he, I remember once he told me, he was like, you know what, Edie? you've got like, what you have is a like a throwback thing. It's like a Rosalind Russell thing. And I was like in my head, in my like 19 year old head. you have to go look up Rosalind yeah, Russell? Yeah, I was like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. I was mad. Yeah. And then I like found out she's from black and white movies. And yeah. And I was pissed off. And then years later, it took me years to like watch some of her movies because I think I was just like, I'm not that, I'm not that. And then I watched it she's the greatest thing ever. She's just, and she's kind of off the rails and like, she's kind of a wild card. And I'm like, it's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. And I was so mad at him for it. But he would tell people things like, he told one friend of mine, like, look, no one's going to understand you until you're like in your thirties. And she was like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know, because she's standing there, she's twenty or whatever. It's the worst. And he was like exactly right. Really, she's always just had like an old soul thing. Uh People started to really understand her later, and like yeah, he just knew stuff.
0: I talked to Bruce Dern, and I haven't heard these kind of stories. This seems to be a new thing. Bruce Dern, he's great. He's singular, but you know, he was you know he got he was in the actors uh, I think the Actors Studio in New York early on, and Mm -hmm. when in the fifties, and he had been a, a, a runner. Uh, uh-huh. Like he he went to the Olympics.
1: Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah.
0: And Ilya Kazan took a liking to him, mm-hmm. and you know he's training at the Actor Studio because they think you know, he's raw and they wanted to really make him into something. But Kazan says um, you're never going to be a leading man, <laughs> and and Dern's like I'm I'm 25. Why would you tell me that? God. And and Kazan goes because you're a runner, and he's like I don't run anymore. You know. He goes but you have persistence. You know endurance. Wow, you have, you have endurance. That was wow. It. So, like, how do you frame that as a twenty-five-year-old? Like, what does that mean? It sounds horrible. Endurance. It sounds horrible. But he, like, you know, he realizes that. You know, it, if you look back at his career, that was it. He also told him he'd be. I don't know if it was the fifth or the seventh. He said, "You're going to be the fifth cowboy on the right."
1: <gasps> oh, that's the, brutal. Right?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but it, but it was sort of to encourage him to make it. You know, to make sure you stand out. Yeah, and he certainly does. Yeah, but it's weird. It's hard to hear that kind of shit when it you're is, younger you don't, know, to think if you don't know. You don't
1: know it's p- cooler to be the runner. Yeah. You don't know at that age. You're like,
0: well, or what it Leading means
1: man is it. the best thing. Yeah. Why right, would you of say I'm not the best thing? Right. It yeah, is but cooler you don't know. Like, oh, it's way cooler to be the runner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Because you can keep doing that.
1: Yeah, and you can keep being different. Leading
0: men just eventually buckle and crumble. You know, everyone's going to get old.
1: Yeah, and it's so dependent on like better do that same thing again right yeah you know? and, then
0: you're, and then next thing you know you're you're uh, you're william holden in the in the wild bunch and in network <laughs> that, but that was a, a good story you yeah. know like i mean yeah. he was a huge leading man and then he played these kind of like flawed mm-hmm. old dudes mm-hmm. i don't know i it, when he, it's it's sort of nice to have access to a guy that because those tv actors from that era it was still sort of the studio system. All those people were still around. All the lots uh-huh. still existed. It was still a small community. So, like, he probably had met Rosalind Russell at some point. Right. Yeah.
1: Probably. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, he, like, he gave you, like, you just liked the guy? You just, he just had, yeah, he, he, just, he was matter of fact? He, he was, was re- matter
1: of fact. He was chill. He yeah. was funny. Yeah. Um. He didn't seem to be trying. Which yeah. I in the moment I knew I liked that but I didn't know how to articulate that and then like as my life goes on I'm like, oh God, it's the key to everything is to allow instead of to try.
0: Oh man, I just, yeah, I'm getting hit with that now. Yeah? Yeah.
1: It's it's a biggie.
0: I don't know if I ever really thought about it that way because like my instinct is to, you know, to like out of anxiety Mm -hmm. to kind of like. Sure. Like I did it yesterday Mm -hmm. and it fucking pissed me off. With what? I was on Conan, you mm-hmm. know, and I've done Conan a million times. And we have a dynamic that goes back like 25 years, you yeah. know. And, but I'm really not quite that guy anymore in my life and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you're in that dynamic, I felt it happening again. I walked out of it going like, why did I drop back into that? Right. Y- you know, like I started to realize that like I'm not desperate anymore. Right. But the business is very desperate. Mm-hmm. All these shows that you do you know not you, you know no, I'm not saying like the shows you're on but talk shows or that kind of stuff yeah. they're all just sort of like come on would you look at it stay right. here don't change the, you know we got. and I'm not like I I'm, I'm not you're entering a desperate environment
1: totally you know what I was thinking about this because I was listening to um I was listening to you with Stephen Root yesterday and you were talking about that you were like I'm gonna go do that yeah um I don't feel stressed out, I don't even know what yeah. I'm wearing. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. And I I literally was on a run listening to it and out loud going, Yes. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs>
0: that was for Corden, probably. Was that yeah, right that, that was for Corden. Not great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because man, it is it's the ideal mindset. But yeah, when you're around the thing where everyone else feels like it should be pressury and trying it's hard to convince your brain, like, oh, wait, I know better than this right yeah, now. Yeah, there's
0: no, but there's no breathing room, and that's just the way it is, and I know that, and I can do those things, but with Gordon, yeah. yeah, I just kind of, I was loose, mm-hmm. but then you get out there, and there's this, like, you know, before you go on, they're doing, you know, human bar tricks, so they got someone <laughs> blowing you know, blowing milk out of their tear duct, yeah. and then they got someone juggling, and then, let's bring our guests on, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, my you God. Know, and there's two of you sitting there, and you're trying to be casual, but there's right. no way, and I'm so used to doing this, right? and they they. Don't no, there's no way in their minds they believe or can do, even Conan now with his new format, where it's just kind of like you're just hanging out, yeah, you can't there's no way to execute a real conversation. so so the trick of it is how do you compress you know who you are? and like, It's very even in acting. It's hard for me because, like, I'm waiting. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a whole lifetime of like, "Ah, let's do it, Mm -hmm. and like it takes a couple takes. You know, so when I get out there, usually I'm like, and then it's sort of like, okay, all right, that was now that's out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I, like I'm 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 done with it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I did all this press for this movie and for Glow, and I'm like, I don't need to do it for a while. Yeah. Are you doing the shows? Or are you doing Conan?
1: Um, I'm doing my first one ever uh, in later in September. Um, That'll be fun. I'm doing Seth Meyers, yeah. Oh, really? I've heard it's a good first one.
0: No, it's great because yeah. you know he's like he does his like he's a very interesting guy because at first i was sort of like what's he gonna do but he's very kind of grounded Mm -hmm. and he's pretty effortless Mm -hmm. with uh with funny but he's not all about funny
1: yeah i like that he seems to actually look in someone's eyes yeah no he's great
0: yeah yeah oh good that'll be fun how come you're not doing the other ones
1: well that's my first one i've ever done and uh i think i think most of them have a thing of like well, once oh, she's done do one, then, then we'll, we'll do... take a look at her. Yeah, totally. So I think that'll apply. And then the whoever. ones that are
0: in the same time slot, they, they're going to be mad. Sure. Yeah. Like if you do Fallon, you got to yeah. choose. You can do Fallon, Colbert or, or Kimmel. Right. And if you do one, then you got to wait a year, yeah. six months. That's whatever. what
1: I've been being explained about. And it's, it's crazy. Like, oh Wow. Interesting. It's just crazy though. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like there's not enough people that you can't like, you, like you can't. <laughs> No, I mean, like you can't really you can't put someone on that you just do right. a different thing anyway, yeah. doesn't matter,
1: but yeah i I think I'll probably do a couple more the the season of the show just started um a I couple watched days all ago. of them oh, you did I you did. well, you watched the first six, probably the first six oh, great there's how many are there? Nine there's nine, and wowie, wowie, do they get? Intense in those last Well, yeah, months.
0: I want to get to that. So, wait. Like, so, okay, so you hang around, what, you move to Austin? What do you do after college? When does it, you know, when do you like go, I'm going to, the, um, I'm going to the Hollywood?
1: Yeah, I wasn't in Austin very long, just a minute. And then I, I kind of always knew you have to move to one of the places to do it as your job mm-hmm. New so, York or LA? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I moved to LA in like 2001, I think.
0: Wow. Yeah. You've been out here a while.
1: Yeah. And, um, yeah, just started immediately doing stuff, um, improvising with uh, uh, improv Theater, which yeah, we now do, like, uh, full-length improvised plays. Oh, yeah? Like, the Broad Stage and plus right, like right. that. With oh. um, sets and costumes and stuff. But wow.
0: Then,
1: so we'll do certain styles. We'll do a run of, like, Jane Austen Unscripted or we'll right. do Twilight Zone Unscripted. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we'll get a suggestion and do... An hour and a half play.
0: <laughs> That's great.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I think you would dig it because it's not... Uh, it's very story and acting-based. Yeah. It's inherently funny because it's it's, it's asinine improvised. to make up right. a play. But uh, everyone's just meaning what they say and trying to make a good story happen. That's great. So, and, it, yeah.
0: and, and sometimes it works and sometimes it's hit or miss? Or how's it uh, I mean, Usually you nail it?
1: Luckily, it almost always works. And I think it's because... Well, you there's know you a can weird ESP with that. Sure. Yeah, and you can always like I don't know. I think that ultimately, always the truth is the funniest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you just know what your character is and you stay in it, you don't it, know what your character is till the play starts because nothing's right. set. But
0: yeah, I mean, I just improvised a movie and I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I sort of trust. It's, yeah,
0: it's funny. Awesome. I mean, it, it Because there's something about improvising that is real totally. in the moment, so the whole flow of it feels different.
1: Totally, and if you know, like, I mean, I'm sure you felt this. If you know well, who story, that guy is yeah. that you're playing, yeah, you could kind of go forever. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and yeah, and and also that you know you have the story structure, mm-hmm. but you kind of can just move through it, and it's, and you go deeper with the guy as as it goes along because mm-hmm. you don't you get to know him almost.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that's the greatest when you say something and you go. Oh, I guess that's who he is. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> oh, I guess yeah, that, I guess I'm okay I have that with trait. Him, him being that,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so you came out here in 2001, and you were just—you did you have a, an in, or did you do? Did you just sort of like, Mm-mm. I'm here now. What?
1: Yeah, I had two friends who lived here. Yeah, uh, my friend Kendra and my friend Christy, and I stayed on their couch for a month. Yeah. In Burbank, and then we got a place. Perfect. Uh, in Studio <laughs> City.
0: <laughs> did you hear McGuire's story about coming out here on here? Did you hear me talk to Danny?
1: Um, it's insane yeah it's insane
0: it's insane
1: (laughs) and then yeah there was a chunk of time where he was back and bartending and like yeah yeah, it's awesome (laughs) Um, but yeah and then we got a place in Studio City and then we had a weird like house in Studio City that four of us lived in that we would have I I don't even know how it happened Mm -hmm. but we would each of us would invite everyone we knew we would have a party and invite everyone we knew so I would invite Everyone I'd ever met in any improv class ever. Uh, My friend Kendra was like uh, cocktail waitressing. So there would be like giant, (laughs) giant amounts of people from like, I forget. I think she was working at either the Ice House or the Comedy Store. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, The other two would invite. And so we would have these giant like. 90s movie style um, parties. Yeah. Where like it was wall to wall in this weird house. I've been to those, yeah. Yeah. I don't even understand how it happened. And there'd be like
0: one celebrity there?
1: maybe you yeah like, but it you would just be see the
0: one celebrity head like how who knows
1: that guy but it would be yeah. like something weird like right right this guy was never at our party but i remember we saw him somewhere once the guy who played mr belding from Save by the bell it would be all like right. that yeah yeah
0: i was <laughs> once at a party where it was all packed out and then and i just saw john c riley's head and i'm like
1: oh who's that
0: guy it was years ago it was i think it was like dave cross's house or yeah. somebody in let <laughs> so oh like, man Jim.
1: But yeah, I lived with them and was improvising and doing stuff. And I, right when I moved here, I also started at the Groundlings and then was working my way up through there. And Did you do that? Yeah, I'm in that main company. Now? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You're a Groundling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So you you started, uh, so you were doing the improv, the other thing, but you got into the Groundlings. You knew that was a thing.
1: Yeah, I I think I knew that was a thing, like, maybe from... High school, just yeah. from online, you know, looking at I didn't stuff. realize
0: that. So you went through the whole thing, the whole process?
1: Yeah, you got to go through all of the stuff and a, who you are, get voted on. And...
0: Well, I don't know what generation are you? Like, who was in your troop?
1: So my generation is uh, like my sort of senior group yeah. when I was in the Sunday company before I became a groundling were uh, me and my pal Drew Drogi and my pal Mikey Day. Who's that? Oh, SNL right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: He's good now. Yeah. Were you ever looked at for SNL?
1: Yeah, I went and tested in like maybe like it was either two, maybe two thousand nine or something like that.
0: Good experience, bad. Oh,
1: like so weird. Yeah, it's because I found out like a day and a half before, uh. and everyone else knew they were going like two weeks ahead of time. Yeah, and so, so you it had was to that pull weird thing characters of characters like, together and yeah, which I had a ton of, but I was like riding on the plane. Yeah, and then like trying to memorize in a hotel room and like yeah it was just very very weird and then i went and guest wrote they came to like a showcase yeah later and i went and guest wrote um i don't know when that was maybe like 2015 whatever seth's last year as a head writer was Uh i did like a two week thing um and got something on both weeks which was cool because i felt like i'd got to have the whole experience yeah. of like a live and, but thing and they didn't keep you or thing. how'd that go? Well, they they called back a few times yeah. to like check my availability. Right. But one of the times I was um, still under contract, I think, to this, uh, this sitcom I had done with Kelsey Grammer, Martin Lawrence. Which one was that? It was called Partners.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It was the last of those um, weird 1090 things. Yeah. Where they would do 10 episodes instead of a pilot. And then they would go like, "Well, if this goes, we'll make ninety of them." Yeah, it was that thing. Oh,
0: oh, oh! The syndicated weird. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So we just did ten of them, but they—I think we were Thank still God. waiting to know what happened with that. And then the next time—that's the worst doing- feeling,
0: though, to be stuck in something that you just took. Be, you, you, you know, and then you have this one—the other thing that you really <laughs> want to do—and it's like holding you.
1: Well, it was weird because I just felt I had such a strong feeling of like everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um, you do. Yeah. Well, sometimes I do. Sometimes yeah. I don't.
0: Yeah, because then it's like, well, this is a bad reason.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you feel <laughs> that. The second time they called to check my avail, I was doing the second season of Vice Principals, and that I was like, oh, fuck, does everything happen for a reason? Because I was so happy doing that. Vice Principal. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's great. Thanks, man. That's great. Yeah. So you're like, fuck SNL.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I was like fuck SNL but I felt like oh that that's fine. I'm I'm happy I'm so happy doing what I'm doing. You don't need to
0: that's great. Yeah. Because you know after a time and after, you know, you've had some experience and you seem to have done a lot of episodic work and everything else. So like mm-hmm. I you were no stranger to it that, you know, entering the S N L world is its own thing. yeah, and it's, it's a not whole other it's thing. not it's not always a great experience sure. for people. And you're sort of at the whim of you know, Lauren and whatever the situation yeah. is, it could be it could really work out or it could be horrible. It's a hyper competitive environment, totally. And you're already doing this show where you can you're, you're taking comedy to a level they could never take it.
1: And like you get, yeah, you get to do things on a show like that that yeah, you would never get to do anywhere. anywhere. Else. I
0: mean, that show is like it's almost incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Eastbound and Down was this, is another thing. They it seems that that crew. McGuire and uh and what's the other guy's name green and and Jody Hill sorry
1: every time you say um that I'm pausing because I'm like oh is he talking about someone I don't know Oh, who is it no but it's because when you say McGuire I know you mean McBride McBride but I keep going like
0: McBride Danny (laughs) McBride I'm sorry that I'm an idiot no I'm I'm sorry if my eyes are sort of like you should you should correct me 'Cause I'm old. Now I feel bad. No, I don't. McBride. Now I'm gonna have to put a correction in for the earlier mistake. Danny McBride. So with McBride, Jody Hill, and what's the other guy's name?
1: David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green.
0: Because they like they seem to do with what you you know, like breaking bad or what or what in the other show like these sort of like um groundbreaking shows that take the medium a different place with comedy. Mm -hmm. Where like you're seeing things that you've never seen before. There's situations where it's like, what the fuck is this? Where does this come from? Yeah. So it has no, it's its own context. Yeah, totally. What they do.
1: Oh man, I totally agree.
0: So before we get to that though, how? so what do you do? You kick around, you get an agent, you're doing the groundlings and it looks like you did a lot of episodic stuff.
1: Yeah, like, you know, just getting whatever I could. Yeah. You know? I had some really lame agents and then um, I did, uh, I weirdly did this movie. I had done this uh, this sketch and improv show on and off for a year in Vegas.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? Kind of back and
1: forth. This thing that uh, Rita Rudner and her husband produced (laughs) called Boo and it was this late night. I like her. Yeah, she's so nice.
0: But it was a live thing?
1: Yeah, it was this live thing that we would go on after her and do like this weird sort of like Almost scary improv and sketch show, like on and off for a year. It was this thing where they were like, come do this for six weeks. Yeah. We were like, great. They were Every like, night? Uh, I think we had Mondays and Sundays what? off. Yeah. For a while, it was just Mondays off. It was very like Broadway style. Yeah, in Vegas. And then it just kept like it was selling well. So yeah. they were like, do six more. Yeah. So it was that kind of thing where you would sometimes have subs it's paying for good. a while. Yeah, it was, it was decent, and it was the first thing that I was like, "Oh, cool! This is now. This is how I make my money. Even yeah. if I need to like make Performing. this stretch, yeah, yeah." And it's, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm living so frugally. Like this is how I'm going to make my money, right? You know? So that was super cool in yeah. that way. But anyway, uh, we made this movie with them after this very indie movie, yeah, um, about a family over like three or four Thanksgivings. And uh, yeah, I went and met Rita's agent at the time through that, and then um, from then on had like really nice, awesome agents. Yeah, but I had terrible ones before that.
0: So you you went with him, that Uh, agent, yeah, Rita's agent. Mm -hmm. Oh wow, yeah. Well, that's great because she's great. Yeah, she's great.
1: I'm not with him anymore, but I love him forever. But it got, yeah, it got
0: you into the game.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, Yeah,
0: man. (laughs) There's something on here that I've never seen before that you did a bunch of episodes. What? Uh, Was it an animated thing, or?
1: Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I've done a bunch of episodes of this thing, We Bear Bears. Yeah, that one. Yeah. What is that? It's this really cool um, Cartoon Network show. It's one of those that's for kids, but it's actually really funny.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, I do this other one. That cartoon network now called the Fungies, and same thing the guy who writes it is so funny they're
0: fun yeah yeah, yeah. anything that you can just do voices on because oh, it, it's so weird i, I i'm doing a, a movie and you, it's amazing how physical you get when you're just doing voices to yeah know, really, totally it's wild it kind of and yeah. it happens naturally
1: what like what kind, are you an animal or a person you're animal yeah
0: i've been at, uh quite a few animals yeah i was a person once on metalocalypse i was a squirrel Mm-hmm. On uh, Adventure Time, mm-hmm. and then I was a—I uh, think I was a hermit crab <laughs> on Tony Hale's new show.
1: What animal are you in this? Can you uh, say or no?
0: Yeah, I'm uh, i am a uh, snake. Yes. Yeah, but you know, it's not like Disney. You don't have to go say hey, how's it going. You know, like, so it's not
1: full Jungle Book. No, no. <laughs> it, you know, they want you to be you. <laughs> yeah. So how
0: does that happen? Because that's really—I think—the first time I really saw you was with Vice Principals. Mm-hmm. And I'd watched most of Eastbound and Down, but Vice Principals was just too fucking much. <laughs> like I had to watch all of those. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And so how do you get, because there's a very specific bunch, that I don't know how he chooses people, or what the process is, or how he found you, but like in this season, your character, like I'm at a point where you just start singing. hmm I, I won't <laughs> spoil it anymore, because that's towards the end of the ones I had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you know that there, and he's got the you know he's got Goggins in there, and and mm-hmm. uh, you know Goodman and mm-hmm. and Adam Devine, and him and and McBride himself. But then there's always these ones where you're like, where would they find the ex-satanist guy?
1: Oh right, yes.
0: What is it like the, the how the, how that guy owns the screen? It's sort of like what's happening.
1: <laughs> That's uh, crazily. That's uh, my friend Tony, who is a groundling with me who weirdly, I went to a dinner with Danny after he had done like, you know, all the casting stuff. Yeah. And um, we were at a dinner, dinner with like eight people or whatever and he was yeah. like, oh yeah, I think we figured out who Keith is gonna be. Um, it's this dude, Tony Cavalero," And I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, how random is that when yeah. like someone you know gets cast unbeknownst to you on the show you're on? So he's
0: not like that at all.
1: No, he's he's a pretty like high energy dude. It's
0: crazy. <laughs> that's kind of a crazy character.
1: But I think he I think he got that role in a similar way to that I got Vice Principals, which is um, just went and auditioned.
0: So that's how that's how you met those guys.
1: Yeah, I went. Uh, Sherry Thomas was casting it, and she had me in. And I didn't know Danny and Jody Hill were going to be there. Yeah, I just thought it was a regular like go in, get on tape, she'll right. send it to them, and they were there and. Uh, I had done this weird commercial, like the tiniest thing in a Toyota commercial, years before that Jody directed. Yeah, and uh, I walked in. He was like, "Oh, hey, Edie." And I was like, "What? (laughs) You remember that thing?" Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I didn't know Danny at all, and I only kind of knew Jody. Um, Did
0: had you watched *Eats Bound*?
1: Yeah, I love. I loved all their stuff. Yeah, yeah, loved it. Yeah. Um so yeah I, I came in and I assumed I would be reading with Danny since he was there and I was like okay so cool so we'll read it together and he goes no and you'll be reading with Sherry yeah. <laughs> so I just did the scene with Sherry in front of them and uh, yeah improvised a little bit and yeah that's how that happened and then we got on, we got on set and had such a a weirdly instant uh, comedy chemistry you and
0: McBride yeah um, Where he's just annoyed and, you know, kind of like.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it just was so immediate um, that he, uh, yeah, he morphed the whole second season. I was supposed to do, I think, three episodes in the first season. Uh huh. And then, yeah, he just kept morphing it, which was so the best d- thing ever. It's the best thing ever in life.
0: He just built, there was a big arc in the, in the, what was it, the second season with you? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you guys are so fucking funny together? Yeah, we
1: just had such a good time together. Now, how he's much? such a fucking funny, smart dude.
0: I know, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's very unique and it's very, it, you know, he's one of the few guys that can be, you know, the most colossal asshole and still be endearing. <laughs> That's always been my favorite kind of Comedic character. Oh man, me where too. Where like you know, yeah, they're they're such assholes, but you know, at heart, they're their own worst enemy, and there's no way they're going to get out of their own way. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs>
1: just so hurt. Like deep down, they're so wounded. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, did how much improvising is involved with that? With like vice principals, really?
1: Um, like a fair amount in the doing. Like we we oftentimes would get how it's scripted, but then, you know, if if it was Danny and I in a scene or whatever, it would usually open up a little bit yeah. into other things, but it's, you know, as you know, it's not the kind of improvising where it's like, let's think of funny jokes. No, 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 yeah. It's just being that person and letting right. the truth happen. Yeah. Um, which every now and then, yeah, it would.
0: But mostly scripted.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, there was always room to find stuff, what's well,
0: I think what's very funny about the characters, like in this one, too, in, uh, in the um, Gemstones, with the Righteous Gemstones, mm-hmm. Is that there's some sort of bizarro sexuality going on, <laughs> for like your your sexual drive shaft is somehow like <laughs> way fucked up in a good way, but just like like in Vice Principals it was just the obsessive, yeah, kind of like hungry thing, yeah, and in this one it's like a little more angry somehow. Yeah,
1: it's a l- yeah, it's a little <laughs> more um angry and frustrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and you've got this weird kind of like impotent ish husband it doesn't (laughs) quite and you're you're kind of ass obsessed somehow
1: (laughs) yeah yeah weirdly ass obsessed yeah (laughs) Yeah, i feel like they're um probably into some kink judy and bj yeah but i I
0: don't get yeah right right but it happens spontaneously like it it just happens fitting their characters yes (laughs) But when you saw this script, what did you? You just—they just called you up and offered you this thing.
1: Yeah. So after Vice Principals, Danny and I had wrote written a movie, and um, then kind of wrote another one. Yeah, we wrote this thing uh, for me actually that he'll direct at some point. We just haven't figured out who's going to make it and when to do it. Right. Um, and just discovered we wrote really well together. Yeah. And he. Kind of in the process of us writing stuff, he had thought of the gemstones. Yeah, and yeah, asked me to play Judy, his sister, and then uh, later asked me to come write for the season.
0: So you're writing too?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, because I watch. I was weird because I'm watching the first one. You got pretty high expectations comedically out of this crew, and I was like, this pretty matter. This is kind of like just setting up a story, and like, when's the weird shit happen?
1: (laughs) And then it happens, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, then it happens. Yeah,
0: then it happens and it keeps happening. <laughs> I just like the idea that these stunt men are just, uh, these stunt people are just unkillable. I, I know. <laughs> like, you know, after the first time, I don't want to give away anything, but after the, <laughs> the after the first encounter where they get, you know, killed. It's so violent. Yeah, it's just horrendous. And then they're like... You're, you're, I, know. Well, <laughs> it's
1: I mean, they're, a... they're messed up. They're bloody, but it's like... They made it,
0: yeah, but there's just like this <laughs> attitude they have, you know, like sort of like, oh, I'm all right, you know, like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: St- it's a very funny kind of like uh, world to have characters from, <laughs> like <laughs> Hollywood stunt people,
1: yeah, totally. That used to make us laugh a lot, like, oh, what is that like? What's the mindset of that? Yeah, like, there's bound to be some. Bound to be a ton of great people in it, but there's bound to be some douches as well. Oh no! You, Let's like, highlight some
0: douches. They're real. They're kind of crazy people. Sure. You, you know, like I read the I read a book about uh, the Wild Bunch, Peckinpah's Wild Bunch, the mm-hmm. making of it, and there's like a whole crew there. They're just like they're crazy. They're motorcycles or jumping off of things. It's the life they live is hard.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah. I mean,
0: I don't want to generalize, but it seems like you got to be a certain ilk.
1: Totally. And that guy, who's
0: the guy that plays that guy? The, the, the uh, stunt guy Scott MacArthur. Oof, he's funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, he is.
0: Where's he from?
1: He uh he did a bunch of seasons um on the Mick mm-hmm. and was a writer for it too. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean I'm sure he's done a ton of other stuff, but that yeah, was his no, main yeah. thing before this.
0: Hey, I love it. I love it. It's really it's really getting good. And I saw the coming attractions for it and then I, I thought like, did they re edit some of the press screeners or no? I just I didn't realize that there were three more Yeah. Now that I gotta wait for like everyone else.
1: Yeah. I think they get really, really good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm uh, I'm excited about it. So, so now you've got this movie written in the in, in, waiting to do. Yeah, with McBride. Yeah, and we'll what, do it at some point. And what what else are you working on?
1: Um, I did uh, I did Ryan Johnson's new flick that comes out on uh, Thanksgiving. That Knives Out, that mur- murder mystery thing. Oh, Okay. Um, yeah, which is a. A crazy, like old school, uh, full on murder mystery. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, I did that. I did a thing in um, uh, uh, the new Between Two Ferns movie, and I did uh okay. Did this movie Troop Zero that I think is coming out soon. What is that? It's uh, this thing. Allison Janney and um, uh, Viola Davis are the leads of it, and it's uh, mm, sort of a. Kind of a Bad News Bears Girl Scout troop. Oh. And it's, yeah, It's a, the movie revolves around a ton of kids, but it's, the the woman who wrote it, Lucy Alibar, also wrote like Beasts of the Southern Wild. And so it's got this uh, like almost Spielberg-y vibe. Oh, wow. Um, where it feels like, oh, this is a cool movie for adults. Oh, good. Yeah.
0: Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of magical. And you're doing the improv and everything?
1: Yeah, did a... Improvised one person show last night.
0: How was it? Yeah,
1: it went great, thank God. It, I get so jacked out nervous before that show. And that's not my- This is
0: the theater one where you make up plays?
1: No, no, this one is one I do uh, at the Groundlings sometimes that's just literally a one person show that's improvised with one person. Uh, and it's, I play all the characters and the audience. come see
0: this shit. How come yeah, man, I don't that go one's fun. Groundlings.
1: I don't know. I'll I'll tell you when to come. <laughs>
0: yeah, do. Do you have my number? I think I you know. do. Let's write it down. Well, we can do it off mic.
1: Great. <laughs> Actually, can you write it with that sharpie so we can hear the numbers on the page? <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. <Maybe. laughs> God forbid I have a regular pen. Now, is your husband in show business?
1: Yeah, he's he's the AD of that group in pro theater. Oh, okay. And he uh, is a writer. He wrote a book uh, that's out recently about uh, how. Improv integrating into your life and how it can help your life. Because, oh. you know, basically it's just like a people cool, skills. Get your a, people skills. Yeah, it's a cool life philosophy. Yeah. Of like, uh, just be be in the moment and what, yeah. w- want what you have and like and speak up. Be open. Yeah, be open to what's happening instead of like going way into your head. And Allow
0: as opposed to what would you say? What'd you say? You yeah, got
1: allowing it? as opposed to trying. Oh, yeah. That man, oh, man, I have to do so many mental gymnastics before that show I did last night that improvise one person thing cuz I get into it my brain goes fucking crazy what does it do just awful nerves of like oh my god it's sold out there's so many people here i don't know what this is going to be like right. i'm about to make this up yeah. what am i doing right. right why did i agree to this again <laughs> like wh- what am i doing and then i literally have to go to a place in my head where i go um I, th- I thought of this, uh, the, like the, the second or third time I did it, I had been home in Texas for like a month and a half because yeah. my dad got sick. He had a couple of strokes. Mm. And it was a fucking hard time. Yeah. And I came back because I was scheduled to do that show. Yeah, And I remember driving there and going like, oh my God, like almost out of my body, so right. nervous. And I remember the only thing that calmed me down was thinking, well, nobody knows when they're going to die. I could die later tonight. All I have is this, let it rip. And I've, I've found that that's a very helpful philosophy in most of life. Because then you can just be where you are and whatever happens, happens. Let's see what happens. Nice. And usually it's better than you thought. Yeah. Whatever thing, whether it's going to get coffee, right? doing this, yeah. doing a show. Like If you just go like, fuck it, I don't know, let's see.
0: Well, I think you've probably always had this and it's probably what got you through that existential crisis in fourth grade
1: maybe maybe <laughs> I don't know thank goodness <laughs> <laughs> it's great talking to you yeah you too
0: Edie Patterson what a sweetheart so funny I, I just big fan uh, The Righteous Gemstones on HBO new episode Sunday nights and now I will play my Stratocaster for you